0: Welcome to Style Section, the Wise Guy Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And, well, we made it through the one segment uh, in this season that didn't have Ken Wall in it. Uh, I think pretty strongly. Yeah, no real problem there. We got through that one all right.
1: Yes, as everyone will know from having listened to uh,
0: our last podcast. Yeah, like, I'm going to say it. Like, really, I agree with you. Really good art. And now we're going to move into the midpoint between that arc and the uh, last long arc the show will ever do, which is a little tragic, but also very entertaining. And it's the show, it's the act that uh, famously, arc, that famously cannot be watched anywhere. (laughs) 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 My favorite arc. Yeah. In the entire series, I know it's. And they don't let you watch it because of all the licensed music. Well, again, luckily, it's on YouTube. That's what CanalFan4587 has been there to do, kindly. It's all available on YouTube. You're going to be able to watch it. And thank heavens the people who wrote all that music and own that music and, I guess, worked on the show have not been you know, going out of their way to make it difficult to watch on YouTube. Because, you know, I've checked and it's been up for like six months now and nobody seems to be making a fuss, so yay yay
1: and after after we finished our podcast then it's that then it'll be you know it's it's less of an issue for us well for us
0: but i want everyone to be able to watch it
1: well it's um i think that that is um yeah
0: Yeah. i mean it's
1: it's like so many things you know it's well let's just start in with stairway to heaven a classic yep. case of the problem.
0: Yep. Oh, my God. It's literally the title of the episode.
1: Yes. And when it originally aired, yep. we Stairway got to, to, to listen yep. to Stairway was to the the Heaven. Episode.
0: Yeah. Yep. It's uh, <laughs> kind of important to the plot that the song be Stairway to Heaven. But, you know, there you go. We'll discuss that when we get there.
1: <laughs> it was, I mean, it was really It's funny. It's weird watching the scene about the song. Yeah. You know, from my perspective, even if you could get a cover band to do it, it would have been, you know, it would have been worth the money. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's a little different with the next arc. Yeah. But in this case, right, it's one song. Can't you get a cover band? For heaven's sakes, that's what, what was the show we were, oh no, that's what Criminal Minds has done yep like when they when they've played things like um what was um the
0: rolling Stones
1: song oh god
0: yeah they played that rolling Stones song
1: yeah and it was a cover band and it was basically. a cover well no yeah it was but, a I mean, cover the
0: thing is uh that it is a cover and that's why you know it was definitely cheaper but the thing is led zeppelin famously does not like licensing their music for things And Mm -hmm. so they charge people a lot of money to license the music when they're willing to do it. And I think, you know, in 1988, they heard this and they're like, well, it's a popular show. They want the song. It sounds like a good idea. They're willing to listen to it. But, you know, 15 years later, it's just, you know, oh, it's going to sell on a DVD forever. Right. And we're not going to it's it's going to be on a DVD forever. For God's sake, but it's
1: everywhere.
0: Everywhere, I
1: everybody plays stairway to heaven. They and I do. don't mean legally. That,
0: well no. <laughs> but that said, it's not like you hear stairway to heaven on ads, you know? Like they are no, no. very careful about what they license their music for.
1: Yeah, I know, but this, I mean, is, for this should have sakes, been an
0: exception. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree I, with you.
1: Let let's go let's go off to um let, let's go off to all those YouTube videos of proms and And wedding things. You know that's a different
0: thing. (laughs) You know know, for a fact that's a very different thing. But but I do understand your frustration, especially when dealing with this episode, because wow. Yeah,
1: Yeah, legally 45 seconds. Copyright, that's what it used to be. I can play 45 seconds of, I don't know if it's changed.
0: It's definitely changed. Because? 100% that's changed.
1: Oh,
0: okay. uh, Copyright has only gotten worse over the years worse more restrictive more awful to fair use yeah i mean copyright just gets worse every year as uh everything in the world is privatized by corporations
1: oh hey, yes because speaking
0: of corporations uh <laughs> corporations cruelly controlling access to music just wait for the next week's episode <laughs> yeah oh <sighs> i know i know, <clears throat> I know. All right, let's get to it. White noise. We start in Vinny's house. We no, no,
1: a... we're doing Stairway to Heaven. Oh, first.
0: yes, no, it uh, yes, sorry, white noise. Uh, stairway to Heaven. White noise. We is also start at Vinny's house, <laughs> so yes. it really didn't affect anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, we start at Vinny's house. He is not doing asleep. great. He is asleep. Yeah, he's, not... and he's he asleep. A... Yeah, he's asleep. He hears a banging on his door in the middle of the night. Understandably, he grabs a gun. He's not mm. a crazy person. <laughs> not at Uh, all no no absolutely right he's uh, not a crazy person he understandably grabs a gun he's like okay what's going on here and it turns out it's frank and frank is drunk badly badly drunk and this is our you know only our second window the first time being when he cheated on his wife uh to really getting a weak and vulnerable frank yeah which is uh, kind of nice kind of see the layers this guy has and we get a wonderful personal conversation between the two of them where we find out that frank's wife uh is an alcoholic Uh and she's dying of hepatitis and it is uh her liver has stopped functioning and now she essentially and this is the scary part uh it's got her brain so foggy that it's the equivalent of her having Alzheimer's, yeah. which yikes! Uh, it's it's a rough it's a rough diagnosis, and the only thing that could possibly help is getting a new liver, a liver transplant, and he can't afford that because it's a quarter million dollars just for the operation. And government insurance won't cover this for someone with a pre-existing condition, if that pre-existing condition is alcoholism. So her her excessive drinking <coughs> where she's damaged her own <coughs> liver means they're not going to cover it. Mm-hmm. Which is rough. Uh, it's exactly how insurance companies operate, by the way. And this is one of those situations where I'm not going to say that we do it better here, because uh, internal organs are in short supply everywhere. And there is, and the way the show depicts it is absolutely right. They justify, like, they justify who gets one organ based on who is the most likely to get the most years of use out of that organ, yeah. unless you're rich.
1: Yes. Well, as I said, hence Rocky Handsome and the man from nowhere. Yes, I know.
0: <laughs> all of the it's organs, t- all of the organ break, uh, brokers. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Ugh. But yeah, like, and the fact is, if you are rich, there are ways around this system, and that's what the episode is about. Yep. Oh, oh my god! So, uh, it's it's. I think it's a stellar episode, and I mean, it's it's very interesting because it gives, uh, Jonathan Banks a chance to stretch like we've never seen him before on the show. Like he really hasn't had a chance to full on stretch the way he does in this episode, and I love that about this episode because he's so good in it. You know, like ah, I know. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. You know, we all know my feelings about Jonathan Banks. Big yes. fan of Jonathan Banks. You know, star of star of this and Breaking Bad, and especially Better Call Saul. Jonathan Banks, who's always a treasure, but here, like, it's the first time that we've gotten completely behind the wall of Frank. And you guys say, well, isn't it a bit much to say uh, that the man puts up a wall between his feelings and everyone else? Well, that's what his wife certainly thinks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and that's, if you've been
0: watching this, that is certainly what John Henry Raglan thought. thought, Yep. Like, he thinks that compared to the rest of them, Frank's just a robot. (laughs) Yes, that's
1: tends to be the way that people think of frank he just does not allow those emotions once in a while he does he just breaks through a little bit but basically no
0: no he's just like the job is the job and you go to the job and you be a man and you just keep your head down and you do the job of course when he started doing the job he had no idea just how awful the job was and well that's what makes his journey a fascinating
1: one yeah because he doesn't quit the job
0: yeah he never quits because again he's wrapped up too much of himself in his identity as fbi agent frank mc pike yeah and i think that's key to understanding him as a character so whew, we see him on, like we do a bunch of uh scenes it's fantastic like i mean it's it's almost foolish to try and uh, address this in simple chronological order because it's really just about these set of character scenes we get about the characters relationships to one another i mean oh you get vinny going down to yell at the doctor yeah and the doctor has a fantastic scene where like his his metaphor about his boat models really well written it's like you know i spend a lot of money to have a boat but I work as a transplant surgeon. So I don't get to go out on a boat because at any moment I can get the phone call that someone has died and I have to go to put their organs in somebody else. I have to be here. Like, I could never be more than half an hour away from the hospital. So I don't get to go out on my boat. I get to sit in an office building a boat models to calm my nerves while knowing at any moment i could have to go and put a new heart in someone you're like or go
1: and tell someone it's not working
0: yeah or, or go, go, and, tell go someone and the uh the organ didn't take and after all of that their loved one is going to die anyway like yeah. yeah he makes a strong case for how mm. unbelievably rough his job is you are know, like okay i get it i get how you can seem har- heartless but oof
1: well somebody that i mean and it is it is it is a problem because as an individual yeah right it's your family it's your life i mean and remember that vinnie has already gone and kind of screamed at the at the bureau but yep. um and, and
0: which yeah, another mean, one of those classic Vinny yells at mark for you know not doing enough scenes and mark's like no i've done literally everything i can do yeah oh
1: you
0: know, mark you're great yeah
1: I was going to say, Vinny, when are you going to finally realize that Mark is a true company man and will do whatever he has to? Exactly. Um, but it is, uh, Mm you know, it, 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 it is a, it's, it's fascinating to watch. I mean, it is one episode that does a condemnation of the, of the system, except that because it's so expensive except that it is one of those major conundrums what yep. do you do i mean hence you know people are go around right yeah. um trying to i mean they're trying to create artificial can you adapt for example pig's hearts because apparently or pigs are the closest to, to us, humans yeah to humans in terms of whatever it is and oh, yeah. less likely to reject um, yeah. yeah can you find a way to get the to get the liver to grow now the liver will if you quit drinking and if you can get the hepatitis under control the liver will heal itself
0: yeah it will grow back. if
1: you get it early enough right
0: but hers it been too and in fact uh well she you had can the take,
1: hepatitis what's interesting
0: about liver is liver is like the one organ yeah no it absolutely trashed your liver it's not going to get better Uh, The interesting thing about the liver is it's the one organ where you can get half a liver from somebody and their liver will grow back and you will grow a new liver. It's like the one internal organ that will completely regrow itself if you cut half of it away. It's kind of fascinating where it's like it's the one thing where you can do a partial organ transplant and it's just as good. But you'd have to find someone who's an exact match with you. And it's I mean, it still has all of the problems and it's got to be someone who's willing to lose half their liver so you know yeah and
1: you know and 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 the alcohol problem is real oh absolutely if if she and as frank said she had she didn't quit drinking yeah and she still hasn't quit drinking and they've tried aa and they've tried this and they've tried that and she still keeps drinking yeah now that she blames it all on frank is another one of those (sighs) those things it's all frank's fault well, if you didn't want to marry him in the first place, you shouldn't have married him.
0: Yeah. Well, but what's interesting about that conversation is like the, but both in her and Frank are following, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Following scripts that have been laid out for them by society. Yep. Like he is following this thing of how, what a man is supposed to be and she's following this thing of what a wife is suppo- a woman is supposed to be and well their wife is supposed to be and she's yeah. just following this existing script and you can say to her well you shouldn't have married in the first place and she probably shouldn't you know <laughs> but like the societal pressure on both of them because you know they got married in the 70s so and they weren't you know the they weren't the kids who were you know uh, counterculture at the time
1: no they were they were good Roman Catholics. Exactly, you know, and I mean, even though we don't see him, um, that that's the sort of I mean, the funniest scene in, in it is when Frank's going on, and I never cheated on my wife, and then Vinnie looks at him, right? Okay, goes, one well, time. Okay, that one time. Time
0: in twenty years. Okay, he's, fine.
1: And he's separate, and he was separated, and it was a weak moment because yeah, Vinny was dying,
0: <laughs> or exactly. could have been. It could have been dying, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like it was—it was a lot of stuff. But you know, as he says, they were high school sweethearts. They've literally only been with one person in their entire lives, both of them. Yeah, and like it's just a thing that she couldn't take any more of, and he, because let's face it, he has an inc- like he has a job that consumes all of his attention. He just took his eye off the ball of other all of his other relationships.
1: Well, the thing is, she never read the feminist mystique. You would think. That somewhere along the line she would have come <laughs> across some of the stuff that was going on in the early '80s. Yeah, you know, I, I never mind. I mean, I I'm out of the. I'm teaching the women's movement and stuff, so I'm spending a lot of time with the second wave this term. Right, and you know, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm watching this and going, okay, so Frank wasn't home. No. Well, this means that yes, you're probably right. She had no identity. Yeah. Other than wife. Yeah. She had no identity. She didn't know what to do. She only had one child. Yep. Um. You know, and you're going. Okay, so yes, yeah, stairway to heaven, and is this is. I, but it really um f- kind of floored me that you know she never really got educated past yeah. you know she never she never had a job once her child went back to like i mean there are a lot of women who have lots of kids oh yeah and that would keep you busy for sure
0: but um, she doesn't have a whole house she has kids. one
1: no she has the one child yeah you know she's um it's the 80s he's in school full-time
0: you'd think she could at least have a most women
1: most women had part like i know so many women who had part-time jobs even before sort of every the shit hit the fan and you know it was the idea that one had to go to be fulfilled
0: or whatever
1: but um yeah she didn't um have any of that well no and i mean
0: she she wallowed in clearly made uh, yeah it's like this was a woman who has spent this time wallowing in self-pity rather than trying to fix things and she has chosen to blame all of that on frank and i would say only some of it is frank's fault yeah i mean
1: a good portion but in in some ways if frank didn't you know if frank didn't pick up um on this well yes well first of all yes a lot of this is frank's fault because frank commits to a marriage and then isn't home ever yep. and that was the thing you know and so when she she left it you know and then she you know and she put the dog in in know. in, a, in, a, in home, a kennel in a kennel right
0: know. rather Still than completely the forgiven her for that one
1: <laughs> well, no, you know, I mean, it is, um, she is a bit, I mean, sometimes, and I'm being really hard on her, probably. You are. But Continue. she's, a she's a bit of a wackadoodle.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, because I after,
1: fair. you know, she has, you know, first of all, she was ready to die. Yep. Like, I think most alcoholics are quasi-suicidal anyway, because there's the depressive, it's a depressive oh yeah so um i see so know. she had decided that yes she had made her peace with the world she was you know ready to she, go you know but the other thing is is that she's making all these decisions she doesn't even try to talk to frank about this
0: no she keeps right? him completely shut out of the process you know like, um, she's her planned son- her own funeral she's gonna send their son to son live with her to- sister right because frank yeah. shouldn't have like frank is not going to have the time uh to right to to well, spend frank, with Bra- yeah uh, she doesn't even
1: give him no Chance that, to- that's... but that's
0: the point like and yeah. while you understand where she's coming from because frank does have a ridiculously time-consuming job it's something that should have been discussed with frank before she went to her sister about it
1: yeah, and the thing is, is that who knows, like, now, we all watch Frank and go, nah, he probably wouldn't. Yeah, And maybe she says, no, he's not going to give up her job. But she should have discussed it with him so that he was on board rather than just dropping it on him. And I guess she says to herself, you know, it's like, it's like building the, the pergola, you know, in the, in the backyard. That his mother uh, has always wanted a... The gazebo. Gazebo, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, building and, the gazebo And, you the know, backyard. so he's
1: finally building the gazebo because they've given him time off work.
0: Yeah. And that's the interesting thing about this episode. This episode is set between him finding out she needs a liver transplant all the way to her coming home. This episode is set over about two months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they and don't really so make a big deal it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's at home with his chil- with his with his son during son. that period of time. For like,
0: honestly, the most uninterrupted time he's spent with his son in their entire lives together, I think it's fair yeah. to say.
1: Yeah, and, and what's because- so
0: interesting about it is like mm-hmm. that. Um, you see how his son is so used to couching everything he says to his dad in these at some point in the future term. Knowing that that's never going to happen, because he asks him, maybe like because he's talking about the gazebo in the backyard, and Son's like, "Well, maybe at some point you can show me how to build that gazebo." And Frank's just like, "Ah, screw it, we'll just do it now." And yeah, like, yeah, you know, it like, was like he would never yeah. have expected his dad to do that because he has been an absentee father, even though he lived in the same house.
1: Oh yes, and isn't it so funny the Nintendo?
0: Oh God, yeah, <laughs> playing Super Mario Brothers too.
1: Yeah, except that it, they're pretending like it has to be something else, right? Because they didn't pay the
0: rights for Nintendo. Yeah, well, they don't say that it's, but they show you. No, they, uh, they well, play you can hear the music, the yeah. Thing. Yeah, it's Super yeah. Mario too.
1: Of and course fact, it is. Yeah,
0: in the next episode, <laughs> we actually see a bit of it. So there you go. Uh, but you're right, in this episode, we just have it in the background. It's uh, it's very funny, right? And yeah. at the same time, we get now let's get into the plot of the episode, which is Frank is very freaked out about the situation. And so then, one point two five million dollars shows up in his car, and he runs over to Vinny to demand to know where it came from. And Vinny's like, "I don't know where it came from. This is good, but you can pay for this surgery. So what's the problem?" <laughs> well, you, what you, you can have to do for a new liver. Yeah, and what
1: what is nice is the setup where he picks up his phone.
0: Yeah, to call. And then he suddenly. Yeah.
1: Decides not to.
0: Yeah, I. I really, this is probably, and he, he realizes it might be from Vinny. I've got to check this because he, yeah. he's about to call in that he found a box of money. And in fact, he does call. Like He actually does call. And then when he calls, he doesn't say anything like, but we hear the other line pick up where he's supposed to be calling this in and he knows he is, but then he goes to see Vinny and Vinny's like, who cares where the money came from? Just get the operation. And Frank says, nope, this is probably a scam. Like, it's clear that I, it's either the mob. Well, no, it's either the mob, you know, trying to make me corrupt or IA trying to test me. And either way, I can't keep the money and I certainly can't use it for the operation. And of course, that makes Vinny finally come and say, Okay, fine, I put the money in your car. Can we just get the operation now? You know, it's not from anything bad. And he admits that Roger left him a bunch of money roger left him a bunch of money to make a clean getaway if the government ever does to him what it did to roger yes I'm like oh, well, way to go roger yeah i'm sure you know the funny thing is is i'm sure roger though took the bearer bonds oh we know we know he did that's the thing yeah. we know he took the bearer bonds but he left the suitcase with the of cash for yeah the the, 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 the signature cards yeah signature yeah. cards no no we know for a fact he took the signature cards uh, but he also left the rest of the money for Vinny, because he figured yeah. Vinny needed it. And let's face it, I I have always suspected in this show, do, this episode does nothing to disabuse us of the notion that there's a bunch of money he made off of Mel Profit that he didn't turn in. I've, I've always believed that, and the end of this episode certainly suggests that there's a bunch of money he got from Mel that he didn't exactly tell the FBI about. Well, um,
1: I mean, g- given that, you
0: know, the, the the drug deal, he made half a million. Exactly. That's the thing. He made half a million just putting together a drug deal, you know, and he made plenty of money. He made plenty of money setting up the French arms deal, right? Like, there's plenty of places where he made some good cash working for Mel. Yeah. And, uh, and I just think it's interesting that the show is finally addressing that, you
1: know? Yes, but never coming clear.
0: You oh, know? yeah. No, no. As as we will find
1: out at the end,
0: you know. Um, So they've got the money. uh, The point is, they've got the money. And so Frank just goes straight to the director of the hospital, who is Vancouver actor Don S. Davis, who would go on to be the uh, commander on Stargate. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, like very famous actor, been in a ton of stuff. But of course, nerds like me know him best as the, the commanding officer from Stargate. And yeah, but he's in this just because the rules of how you run a union is you have to hire. Like, if you want to do a union production in Vancouver, you gotta f- hire a X amount of Vancouver actors. Well, Canadian actors. actors. Well, no, but uh, no, anyone who is in—I mean, they don't have to be Canadian. They just have to be in the WGC. They have to be in the Canadian Union. That's the Actra. agreement. Yeah, I say WGC in the uh, Canadian. They have actors to be. Union
1: actor not the writer's guild not
0: the writer's (laughs) Guild. i'm so used to talking about my guild uh no no but yeah they have to be in the actor's guild and actra is uh yeah actor is the canadian one and they have to be local actors now there are american actors who are in actra who work so often that they are in this situation but in wise guy you're gonna see a lot of vancouver for uh, actors for that reason that's why the cigarette smoking man's in an episode you know that's that's yeah. why uh patrick mckenna's in an episode it's just because they're legally required to hire some local actors in their agreement with the union to, if they want to film in uh, uh film in vancouver and so he's like he here's a million and a half dollars and the guy's like and i love that the director of the hospital assumes it's a setup exactly like frank yeah. did <laughs> yep Ah, I understand you're in the FBI and I have to imagine that finding a corrupt hospital administrator would look good on your resume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, fanta- it's fantastic. He's like, no, look, and he's got a dying wife and he's like, look, here's here's the thing. Uh, this is $250,000 for the operation and an extra million for you to help whoever you want, however you want. And the guy's like, well, you know what? They're, with government funding drying up, I do need that. And <clears throat> Reagan. Yes. Reagan's austerity and cutting healthcare and research and all social services. So yeah, like at this point, if you want to keep running in a hospital, maybe you consider taking money from the mob to get somebody a heart. If you can use that to save two hundred other people. That's the kind of trade off you now have to make in a country that doesn't care about, you know, funding its health care adequately. So, yeah, it's a good scene.
1: Yep, it's a very good scene. She gets her and she gets her.
0: Yeah, she gets the operation and we get a scene of like the tragedy of having to wait around for someone to die. Like she's moved to the top of the list and she's going to get the operation, but they have to wait for the liver. Yep, And that messes with her head as much as anything else in this episode did. Oh, God, but she gets the operation and we do the little cut. And this is where we have the gazebo gu- building scene to establish just how long it is between the operation and her being able to come home. We see that the entire, like, they've had t- time to build an entire pretty darn nice gazebo. Yep. You know, in the dead of winter. Like, we almost get a season change. It's so long she's in the hospital. But yeah, she's in the hospital for a long time. The liver takes, she's able to come home. And that's when she breaks the news to Frank that he shouldn't be there when she gets back. Oh, so brutal. She's seen the white light. She's seen the white light. She had the near-death experience and she's going to devote herself to helping the world. But yeah, when you find help out help what herself. that is. I know, right?
1: I'm sorry. I have... It's funny. I know. I don't have a lot of sympathy for this one.
0: (laughs) I get it. You
1: know, that's what you call helping the world. People who haven't watched Wise Guy don't know what I'm talking about. But wait till you find out, wait wait till you watch, no one gets out of Bettendorf.
0: No, no, it's uh, To Die in Bettendorf.
1: Or To Die in Bettendorf. Yes, To Live and Die in Bettendorf.
0: Just To Die in Bettendorf ah uh, anyway never mind no no you'll get we'll get there next season but it, <laughs> it's pretty funny it's pretty it's funny It's pretty
1: funny when you remember this episode well yeah but i think
0: part of the thing about the character is like sh- i mean i know it's mean to say but she is fundamentally a shallow person because she's uh, but part of it's because like she has never let herself go and explore what she wants to do and who she wants to be and her first attempts to do that at age 42 are not are not great you know? Any, but anyway
1: we'll right? get there we'll, can't, we'll oh. talk about this again but the point but the point here is of course and frank as he says what is so frustrating is he can't even be pissed off at her because she's just glowing i know and she's just so
0: you yep. know oh my god so we wrap Poor up the episode Frank. with two things one uh they <laughs> they go to the fbi and they try to confess yes they say to paul look i had this money from uh i had this money from mel and susan prophet you know well and from roger, roger La-
1: lococo well no no it
0: it's from that organization but yeah. he, yes it was given to him by roger lococo and I want to turn myself in for using it for this, you know, awful purpose. And his boss is like, just opens up the computer and he knows, and we've already established by the Mark conversation that everybody's been donating to this fund for the mm-hmm. kidney, for the liver transplant. So it's like, yeah. they all love Frank and they all want Frank to do well. And so Paul looks at the file and is like, well, according to the CIA, there's no such person as Roger, Roger Lococo. <laughs> and... The, you know, like, and the profit case is closed and we don't have any record of any outstanding money from it. So, you know, I don't, I can't, you know, make any confirmation of where this money comes from. And I guess I don't think I, you know, there's going to be any consequence of this. Also, he takes out a, and I think it's notable that they have one of these lying around. (laughs) He takes out an industrial magnet. And use it to destroy all evidence of their conversation. I'm like, you had a giant industrial magnet just lying around waiting for this? It's like, oh, right. This is the FBI. Of course they did But yeah, he destroys the records of the conversation. Then we get the funny scene of him saying to Vinny, it's like, just how much of this money is left lying around? And Vinny's like, just a little shrug. And we love him all the more for it. It's like, (laughs) yeah, he's got money squirreled away. Well, as they say, just in case the government decides to do to him what they did to Roger. And uh, yeah, well, we'll be talking more about that in season three. Yeah. Uh, this is a show that is like, especially for the time, unusually good at keeping threads running from season to season.
1: Well, like I mean, now, this...
0: now you just expect that. Right now, when on an episode of Lucifer, you see someone from the first episode of Lucifer, you are be like, oh, yeah, of course, I remember him. But. In at this time, no, like bringing back people from two seasons ago and making them central to the story you're telling now—that almost never happened. Continuity, continuity, yeah. continuity. It's how you—it's how you build a convincing <laughs> fictional world. And Wise Guy was the first, you know, uh, yeah. episodic show. Right, It's first network TV drama to really do that. And you could say, well, they didn't really invent it. You know, Doctor Who had always existed. And I'm like, yeah, I know Doctor Who had always existed. <laughs> and I know about serials before that. But this is American television. Yeah, and this I'm is going... what changed the face of American television. I was going to say, don't bring up British television. It's like, yeah, we <laughs> Just can also do about- It's like an entirely yeah. different, different world oh, exactly. of television. This is my point. Thank you. Yeah, it's a completely different world of television that bears no comparison to one another. So, yeah. Uh, But, I mean, people will often say, oh, well, what about X, Y, and Z? And it's like, yeah, X, Y, and Z, but we're talking about the American television market and the show that showed them the new way to do it. And this was the show. So, Frank has been kicked out of his house. Uh, (laughs) Frank has been kicked out of his house. He goes to a bar to drown his sorrows, and a woman walks over to the jukebox and plays weird-sounding catalog music. <laughs> and this pisses off Frank so much that he shoots the jukebox. Now, you and I know that that woman played Stairway to Heaven on the, on the jukebox, and that's why, but for the purposes of this episode, he shoots it for no reason. Yeah. Uh, in the version you all watched. But in the version we got to see back in 1988 or 1989 stairway to heaven comes on and that's what triggers his quite understandable freak out at, yeah. uh, <laughs> at the uh jukebox. at the jukebox
1: and what happens and and it's very nice that he pays for it of course he, he pay he, uh, he pays for his alcohol bill and his and the jukebox
0: yeah and the jukebox repair. <laughs> and
1: walks out yeah
0: yeah oh it's a very good scene gives him his ah, card gives him his card yeah send me a bill it's fine <laughs> You know, I mean, it was Poor it was Frank. a really good yeah. scene
1: i mean and that's that's the end of it and it's um
0: yeah yeah well and then he it's... shows up at vinnie's and he's like i need a place to stay and Vinny's like yeah of course mm-hmm. and vinnie gives him a place to stay i can use a roommate <laughs> yeah i can use a roommate because vinnie and we haven't talked about Vinny's date he's messed up his leg is still terrible, because remember, the John Henry Raglan, uh, there, there's a bad line we didn't mention in Postcard from Morocco, where he suggests that he's uh, only been under for four weeks, which is the amount of episodes there were in the arc up until that point. And I'm like, yeah, that that's not just one week at a time. Like, the amount of time it takes to deal with these dress orders and get these things produced and shipped, like, no. Like, this was not all one week per week. And I mean, but the show has always been confused about that. I mean, cuz previous week, uh, you know, previously, like one week ago, we're massively underestimating the amount of time the story took. And this episode, like it's it's clearly no one says it, but it's clearly 2 months over the course at of at least of a, at least 2 months over yeah. the course of a single episode. And which is why when we start the next episode white noise, Frank is really concerned about Vinny. Yeah because Vinny should not be this as messed up. Yeah, he got hit by he got hit by a baseball bat and then he got run over by a car, but he's a 30-year-old man. He's in relatively good shape. He should not be this messed up. Yeah. And of course
1: massively taking painkillers.
0: Yep. Yeah, he's got a serious painkiller problem. He's just popping them like candy. And they're not doing any good. And we don't have Oxy yet, so thank we don't, God. We thank God, yeah. <laughs> he's just taking Tylenol 3s, but still, that's pretty be, bad yeah. too. Or, yeah, well, that's what Tylenol 3 is. It's the coding stuff. Yeah, uh, anyway. And yeah, so he's in bad shape. And so Frank insists that he goes and have his physical, because he hasn't has a, had a physical in two years. And, and he's not like, going. And he's got no interest in going, because like all people in chronic pain, that he has turned against everybody... And the pills are making his head foggy and he can't see when people are trying to help him. And so it takes Paul showing up in his living room to say, your choices are go and get a go and get a physical or retire. Yep. And here's your retirement watch. <laughs> here's your retirement watch. Oh, and the retirement watch is a jackass. <laughs> Where its tail is the <laughs> it's it, it's it. It's Our the timekeeper yeah, the, the time hour and yeah oh it's, uh, it's good it's funny it's very funny and yeah. so he does go and he goes to see the guy and we see him going there and guess who else is at this facility at this time daryl <laughs> yeah we haven't seen daryl for five episodes and uh he's in the hospital too getting treatment for you know uh uh, the treatment he's getting—that essentially they had to agree to—to to keep him from getting charged with all of the sexual harassment he was doing of strange women over the phone, uh, as he says—not strange
1: if- women, stranger women,
0: women he didn't know. Yes, that's the same thing. Come on. No, no, strange women. Yes, yeah, strange women, women he didn't know. <laughs> yeah, on. I know, You're- but but the. Okay, you're that is a, that is a weird thing to no. <laughs> call me on. It is
1: no, <laughs> never mind. I
0: people listening will understand my complaint. Okay, okay, let's go on. But anyways, calling <laughs> random women on the phone, and That's obviously it. they decided to. uh Obviously, the story there is they decided to cover it up, and like yeah. so, they wanted to make him go away without a fuss, and they didn't want this to become a big thing. So he decided to, uh, so he accepted that he needed mental help, And so he got committed to the institution for X amount of time until he can get out. And while he's in there, he sees that Vinny is also in the institution. So the doctor has
1: to leave and leaves him
0: in the room by himself. Yeah. And he's like, decides to start snooping around because as he says, information is power. He sees Vinny that Vinny's there and he says that, oh, Vinny is here for a physical. Maybe instead he's here because he has... Violent outbursts and needs psychological treatment. And that's what he puts in Vinny's file. And so Vinny goes to see his orthopedic surgeon uh, or orthopedist. I guess he's not doing yeah. surgery. So he goes to see his orthopedist and he talks to the orthopedist. And the orthopedist is like, let me try, uh, like, no matter what they've done hasn't worked, let me try something. And he just essentially, uh, rearranges. that's a chiropractic. Yeah, go, yeah. Uh, basically a chiropractic move. Essentially, his leg had been slightly misaligned, yeah. like uh, after it was repaired, it was slightly misaligned in a way that wasn't really visible on the uh, on the X-ray. x-rays so, and things. Yeah. As he says, a muscle or a nerve was being pinched by the bones every time you moved. And so, of course, it's going to be agony. And now it's fixed. And Vinny finds out that, yeah, he is healed. Like it really was. The minute that was gone, he was able to function perfectly fine. Yeah. And so he's pretty happy until he gets to outside and finds out that, oh, no, they want to they want to lock him away. And Vinny, I mean, it's the thing Vinnie we're talking Vinnie. about. Vinny being Vinny uh, re- reacts pretty harshly to someone grabbing him and trying to lock him away. Well, it's Martha Mitchell syndrome always. It's like if someone treats you like a crazy person when you're sane, you immediately start acting like a crazy person. Because crazy people also don't want to be locked away. And also claim they're being persecuted. (laughs) Like, it's a bad situation, except literally they are being persecuted. And Martha Mitchell was right. And Vinny Terranova was right. But that's not how they treat them. And it it messes you up pretty hard having this happen to you. (laughs) And so Vinny gets locked up and tied to a bed and drugged and has a vision of Sonny which is <laughs> oh. oh my god getting him back yeah wow. well as i
1: said he's he's been given drugs of course oh, anti-psychotic of course. drugs so of course he's having
0: these hallucinations yep, and having- it is wonderful oh my god getting ray sharky back for this episode it's so fantastic like just bring like and so we get a, a series of surreal dream sequences that are i mean i would say they're just fantastic like, yep. they really are. They go, they court, they, you know, Um. they cover all of his relationship with Sonny. Like, they. you even get a scene set on the handball court. Yep. Uh, From episode six. Like, everything gets touched in. Yeah, him and the women, him and his relationship. It is like, I was always good to your mother and your brother. And so Pete is now there in Vinny's fantasy working for Sonny. Sonny. <laughs> It's, it's up in fantastic. heaven up in heaven or yeah. in purgatory or god wherever knows where. it is they end, wherever it is they end it the two of them ended up together it's it's a great scene yeah like it is just full stop uh, it's a great scene and the two of them oh my god the chemistry is right back right away yeah the two of them are so good together and it must have been so refreshing to have him back you know oh it, he's it's it's a wonderful series of scenes, and I mean, it's like, you've just got to see it for yourself. How good they do at writing all of Vinny's fears yeah. about who he is into into Sonny's dialogue. Yep. Yeah, and especially because, like, you have this extra him feeling slightly guilty, because again, Catholic, FBI good FBI man, his mother, so he... <laughs> Like, he even feels guilty about the fact that he used this dirty money to save Frank, you know, to save Frank's wife. Yeah. Sorry. Like, he even, uh, on some level, he even feels guilty about that, even though, obviously, he shouldn't, you know, as he says. They actually call out, you know how we had pointed out earlier, right? The fact that uh, it was just the Oliver North story is yes, what we they- were watching thing. They actually name check, like, the Oliver money going North. to Oliver North. Yeah. <laughs> if we if we forgot to mention that in the previous scene where they're talking to Paul so, uh, or um, before, yes, uh, when, he, you know, when he's talking to friends, it's like the money going to Oliver North. And it's like, yeah, that's a very good analogy. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah, very happy with them being. In. So he's he's a little guilty about that. Like, he really is. He's a little guilty about that. So you put all that together and you create the perfect storm for Sonny to get stuck in Vinny's head which is yep. exactly what happens and meanwhile we get scenes with him uh being carted around the room daryl cruelly mocking him while he's a little zonked out and then saying maybe i've got a you know maybe i've got to make this even worse for vinny maybe you're not having enough fun here and so not only did, uh, has he done the psychotic thing he goes back into the file and erases all reference to vinny being a federal agent Yep. So that when he says he's a federal agent, if anyone actually, you know, on a whim checks the file, not that anyone's, you know, <laughs> rushing to do that, but if someone checks the file, they will find out, right? They will. They won't see any reference. They'll just see that he's a psychotic hoodlum. So yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good, it's pretty oh, brilliant, yeah. in fact. You know, hence, the, uh, hence,
1: plan. hence, yes, hence the guy's line about,
0: well, this is better than prison. Exactly. You're you know? better here than in prison because that's what they think this guy is. A guy who, you know, is so mentally damaged that he got sent here instead of to prison. It's, it's good. I mean, it's, uh, it's a very thrilling episode. It's very tense. Uh, there's a scene where he meets, uh, befriends a guy in there who is, uh, I, I think kind of wonderful. Just he, uh, <laughs> he befriends him simply because that guy doesn't like him much any, like, uh, that guy doesn't like the, uh, the guards and the doctor much anyway he doesn't think much of them nope yeah so i thought that was a nice touch i was very happy to see that and what was the uh there's the other scene oh god um so Vinny like gets it in his head that he's uh where frank and lifeguard are talking yeah right? Where Frank and Lifeguard are talking and, uh, you know, it's like, have you heard from Finny? No, but I mean, uh, he's like, I'm, assume- I'm assuming it's fine. Like, we haven't heard him, we haven't heard from him since he went in for the checkup so I can't imagine that this is an issue and on any other day that would be a perfectly safe thing to assume
1: <laughs> just
0: not today nope. Uh So, you know, they're a little worried and then of course you've got uh, Frank can't stop from kvetching about how impossible it is to find an apartment he can afford. (laughs) And how they should be, they should be, uh... They should be investigating the landlords. Yeah. And of course, this convinces Lifeguard to say, as he says, I know I'm going to regret this, because absolutely you're going to be a terrible tenant. But I do own uh, an old Victorian house that is a, uh... that has been divided into four apartments. So... If you're willing to be the, uh, the super, super for the place, I can give you a deal on the rent. I'm like, oh, poor lifeguard. But yeah, now you're stuck with him. It's a nice scene. Yep. And, and so Vinny gets it into his head. He sees his situation. He, see, he knows that Daryl's responsible for it on one level. He's completely messed up. And he's like, I just have to get my head straight. And once I've got my head straight and I've got all this anger dialed down, I will be able to get out of here, and as he yes. said, well, first it helps. things first. Okay,
1: and and it helps that he's been given the, some of these drugs because they will
0: calm him down. Oh yeah, he does have a lot of rage. He yes. really does. You know, I mean, that was he. We saw that at the start of the season when he was trying to recover from his two years under. Yeah, he's got a <laughs> lot of anger in him. He is. He is a messed up guy right now, and I think it's kind of fantastic that it's like. Yeah, he didn't need to get locked in a... He didn't need to get locked up. In an insane asylum. In an, as in an asylum, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, But at the same time, being in the asylum does force him to look into himself. Yes. And so we finally get the confrontation with Sonny, Sonny. that he never got to have in real life. Yep. And it's it's a really well-written scene.
1: And it is, um, yeah, I, it, it is, it's finally he has clarity. Yeah. Over who Sonny really is. Rather than his best buddy. <laughs> yeah. Although <laughs> I will, I,
0: I will argue that, uh, that what do you call it? That at the same time, I will argue that Sonny, Is not as bad, was not as bad as the memory, as he, you know, posits the memory of Sonny is. Well, yes, but. But at the same time, he needs to, like, in this moment to, like, get his head clear, he needs to just close the door on Sonny 100%. Yeah.
1: And I think that he would need, he would need to close that door to be able to continue on. That, and it had to do it that way. Oh, absolutely. It had to become. Yeah, sure. Maybe Sonny was his sort of friend, but Sonny was all of those other things, and I don't think no that Sonny, you know, the whole business of Sonny using him and stuff. This is what you're talking about. Is yeah, a little that's too. What I'm about. Is it's is a, is a bit. Yes, it's a bit of a stretch, but it's what Vinny
0: needs to believe at that moment.
1: Yeah, psychologically. No, I, I completely okay. get
0: that. Yeah, yeah. I completely like, I get why he needs to believe it, whether or not it's strictly accurate to what who Sonny was and who, yeah, who what their relationship was exactly because it was in part
1: friendly. Sonny did love him,
0: like, that's the thing. Sonny did love him the way he loved few people, he really did.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he and he and he and Vinny, but you know, I mean, Vinny played into that, he did completely so you know we're talking about months of a, of building a relationship that started off yeah a little bit it was it was a strange strange start to a relationship he got in yes. so fast um yeah. but it's just that this was i mean they understood one another to some extent we've talked about that before oh yeah and so it, yeah i mean you're probably right but at the same time he was not quote unquote family and we talked about that before and if Sonny had to choose, Vinny he would have been yeah.
0: gone. Yeah, it's true. That's absolutely true.
1: And and that is what Vinny had to come to terms with yes. is that, you know, he it's not being used so much as it is he was always an outsider and he would always be an outsider and Sonny can say anything he wants to Vinny yeah. but Vinny honestly the truth. yeah the truth is that if sonny had to choose between his family
0: yeah and vinny he would always choose his family first yes
1: even yeah. if he had to go to the commission <laughs>
0: <laughs> to get permission that's true. that's true that's absolutely right and yeah that's the thing it's like sonny wasn't just a user but at the same time he did right he absolutely you're right never never would have treated him like an actual uh, vinnie like an actual brother no because he didn't down to that
1: because he didn't have a sister for vinnie to marry
0: <laughs> that's true
1: and you couldn't bring back uh dave's daughter dave's daughter yeah. for vinnie to marry i mean i mean that's what would have happened if that you know you would have then he would have been family that was yeah. a whole other thing right Exactly. And that that wasn't going to happen because they were going to have to end the arc. But anyway, I mean you, you can posit some things, but that but that is the reality of it that he was Sonny didn't know he was an FBI agent. So
0: No. Oh no. It's honestly it's it's fantastic what they do with and again that's what I love so much about this episode is that it's fantastic what they do, not just with Vinny's character, but you're seeing how Vinny sees himself. Like we're actually watching him work through some stuff in it. And it's like, and you see all of the stuff he feels guilty about. And at the same time, what he has to do to get over that. And he gets out of it. And the thing is, uh, you have to imagine that after coming through this the next day, he would have been more rational.
1: Yes. (laughs) Like he would have been more
0: rational. He would have been able to have this conversation. He would have been able to, talk his way out of the situation but he ends up not having to yes in a lucky twist because frank shows up
1: yes because the guy had heard vinny scream out the phone number and he called vinny's yeah. uncle mike
0: yeah <laughs> the guy it turns out the guy he had befriended in yeah. the scene had had uh you know had uh had as he said been there so long he is essentially now a trustee and they let him have more access to the facility than everybody else so he was able to just hop on a phone and call uh, Vinny's uncle mike right because yeah. that's who he said call my uncle mike this is the phone number just call him and this will all be sorted out he did frank comes in busts vinnie out vinnie punches the psychiatrist no no not the psychiatrist oh he punches the psychiatrist and then he goes and he grabs the oh no that's the first thing he does is punch the psychiatrist then he goes and he grabs the orderly and tells him he's going to jail for assaulting a federal agent which i mean the (laughs) subtext is this is how this guy behaves with every one of the people there so it's like he's definitely got this coming yeah we have our one flew over the cuckoo's nest moment oh absolutely yes but yeah, it's it's a solid episode. And now I'm going to tell uh, the wonderful behind the scenes thing of how these two episodes happened. Basically, the writers went to Jonathan Banks and Ken Wall mm-hmm. and said, "What do you want to do with your characters? Ah, like what? Like we're going to do some filler episodes to really dig into these guys before we start the next big arc. So they're like, "What would you like your characters to deal with?". Right. And what, you know, and then we will figure out an episode with which to do that. And apparently what happened was Jonathan Banks said, I want to explore and let people know why Frank is so closed off. Yeah. Like what is going on in Frank's life? Because we heard about his wife leaving him. It's like, I want to explore that relationship and figure out why Frank is so closed off. And they're like, "Okay, fine. And Ken Wall apparently was like, you've got to figure out some way. A, he wanted to deal with, you know, his own physical trauma that he had had. Because uh-huh. remember, like, he was crippled in a motorcycle accident yeah. before he got this new leg injury. So he has dealt with chronic pain for his whole, you know, for the past eight years at this point, or seven years at this point. He's been dealing with chronic pain. So he's like, A, I want to, you know, do something about the chronic pain that I have felt in my life. And B, I think we need to find a way to close the book on his relationship with Sonny. Yeah. And so, like, they they let the actors prioritize what they wanted to do with their characters, and then they figured out a way to tell those stories. And that's why I think it's fair to say these are the two best filler episodes. Oh, oh, for sure. Although, and to it's... be fair, that that is only because Area for Don Iupo is not technically a filler episode. It is about the overall plot. Yes. But we'll get there yes and it's
1: no 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 and white noise is the one that that got all the nominations and stuff
0: all of the nominations and awards absolutely and it deserved it you
1: know it was it was a good episode um and um no the the two episodes actually do give you what was needed which is an insight into the characters Mm -hmm. and their lives um so it, it yeah i mean i there was never any complaint about those two episodes because they are sort of powerful character episodes and they are the in-between episodes and it's okay because in this business you need to take downtime in between. So, oh yeah, whatever. That was, that was good. Yeah. There was, they were wonderful. And it's so nice to know that, that they, that, Canal, Lupo, and the people who run this show understood that characters, once once an actor embodies a character mm-hmm. for so long, um, that they do understand their characters. And that is, th- I still remember, and I will bring it up again now, I mean, my complaint, right, um, is always about Criminal Minds. Yeah, that the most consistent and the people who really should know their characters, and that and that stupid. Well, it wasn't a stupid commentary. It was a very insightful commentary. A not very in,
0: revelatory commentary. Not in
1: say. a good way. Where no. uh Green Fraser says, in the be, what is it? In the beginning, you're writing stories for the characters, and what he says is, in the end, in the end you're working for the actors.
0: Yeah. And no, in the first season, right? th- that in the first season, like the actors work for the writers. And then once the show is successful, the writers all work for the actors. And I and, mean, it's, it's a very insightful thing and a good way to look at it because yeah. that's just true. Like, like the actor becomes the franchise and the actor becomes the show. And if the actor doesn't want to do something, you know. There's usually a reason for there's it. There's usually a reason for it. Like, because at a certain point, like they, they, I mean, at a certain point, by the end of that first season, they've spent more time with the characters than the writers have.
1: Yes. And as I would, and as I would say, and, and of course, this upset the showrunner, Erica, Yes, no famously. end. No, no, yeah. they work for me. <laughs> she I didn't know. say that, but that was. That's the implication. The total implication. No, I determine what goes on with this. And, and. And I think this was before the business with um, Thomas Gibson.
0: Oh, it was. Yeah.
1: And but I will tell you,
0: we the, have and, to wonder how much that factored in. But
1: oh well, of course it factored in an awful lot
0: because uh, well, again, what literally the fight, the was fight over, yeah, the fight between him and Virgil, I suppose, was apparently them uh, uh, de- arguing over whether or not he would say something. Yeah. You know whether or not Hotch would say His a His character. I'm like, yeah, would do and
1: say something.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I, I'm gonna defer to. I, again, I don't know what happened in that fight. I don't know, you know, the story mm-hmm. there. But you gotta say, given how questionable the show got yeah. after the departure of Thomas, Thomas Gibson. Gibson, it really does make it seem like he was one of the few people out there in the show fighting for it to be, you know, his character. Fighting, yeah, fighting for his character fighting to make okay, sure that but i will made sense. i will and also it,
1: say that they they fought tom they they fired gibson yep right yes ostensibly okay there might be anchor management issues that doesn't stop others you know they, they've they've dealt with bigger stuff they had a an alleged sex abuser on the set and they couldn't care less <laughs> I know, but right? after after this i'll bet you every actor on that show never said boo about their characters it wouldn't surprise me at all they just memorize their lines and i mean because that's the way the show feels
0: but you know well
1: yeah but penelope Penelope. and the
0: showrunner best friends yes we know yes we yes they write episodes together yeah so yeah that's a whole other conversation but no i'm sure you're right like that's the thing i'm sure you're right that like and that's why it's so great to like actually hear the actors Well, no, and it's like, I got this information from, like, reading interviews and listening to Ken Wall's commentary in this episode. Like, to see actors that are, like, whose input into their own character is truly valued. Yeah. You know, it's such a rare thing for, like, the creative, the creatives, you know, the writers and directors to to willingly just hand over control and Mm -hmm. say what do you want, like, what do you want to explore about your character? And then we'll just figure out a way to do that. It's, it's incredible. It's rare, you know, especially at this time. It's yes. incredibly rare, right? Mm-hmm. Like, especially at this time, it's incredibly rare. And it just gets more and more, like, impressive when you see where the show goes from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse <sighs> me. Yes. So it's, I don't know, it's magnificent. It's they're just two great episodes. And I just love that the understanding that you know, it's like yeah these two guys are the show. Mhm. These two guys are the show, so let's see how they look at the show. Let's see how they look at the characters. Let's give them a window into it. Like every TV show, right? What happens is and you'll see this, watch, you know, watch the um uh watch the credits in the opening of a show. By season three of a show, whoever the star is, is going to be listed as the executive producer of that show. That's just a fact, you know, (laughs) because now it's uh, like it's pretty common for them to want to have a lot of input into the show if they're a star. And now there is a mechanism, right, for them to have that to become producers on the show and become involved in the overall storytelling. And yeah, sometimes it's just a way for them to get an extra check and they don't actually work on the writing. And I'm not going to say who I've heard that about. But, you know, that has (laughs) happened. That has absolutely happened. Mm -hmm. But uh, most of the time, it reflects this attitude of what Green Fraser was talking about, where the actors just want to get more involved. And this is like actors wanting to direct episodes, actors wanting to do at least the story, if not fully write episodes. Like, they become closer. And you don't see a huge amount of evidence of that before these two wonderful... I mean, I'm sure it happened because you know there were stars who developed shows for themselves back in the day but it's now a completely common thing and seeing this episode of wise guy shows you where that those kinds of changing attitudes were because again an, yeah. it is interesting and especially cuz wise guy is one of the early shows to have a full writing staff who wrote all the episodes here's here's
1: an interesting thing Okay, yeah. just when you mentioned that, that when you go back and look at creators, yeah, who were heavily involved, like as you say, it you, it happened before. But the minute I start to think about when did it happen before, Lucille Ball and Mary Tyler Moore. Those 100%, are the two.
0: Yeah. Who were 100% okay. in control of their own shows.
1: And I think Danny Thomas probably was as well. Cause it, it surprised me. You know, it was um, the Danny Thomas show. Yeah. It was the Danny Thomas show. Um, but they are still all sitcoms. Yep. Right. Even when they have, you know, they, they still have running story. And that's the thing because the, the, the Lucy shows, I, never really liked much of lucy all that much but she did a wonderful job in terms of control and what she wanted and the same thing and they were comedy shows and like carol burnett for example had her own hour long but it's still those were the days of instead of reality tv shows we had you know um these what do we call them the sunny and share show the yeah, variety hours variety hours right yeah. where you had music and comedy and a few sketches and things
0: like oh, that yeah it yeah. <laughs> used to be like an incredible thing like now gesundheit now it would be crazy to imagine that uh johnny cash had a weekly show with songs and comedy sketches but he absolutely did like, that Dean, really yeah. happened. And Dean Martin. And... Dean, well, Dean <laughs> Martin did it forever. Uh, funny, Fun fact. Um, this, is, this is a true story. Uh, you know who had one? Uh, who? Uh, Richard Pryor. Yes. And he's like, I will only do this if you let me just do whatever I want. And they're like, fine. And his comedy was so racially triggering that they... Uh, They canceled the show after, like, two episodes had aired and paid him for the rest of the season to not do it. And interestingly, Steve Martin wrote on that show, and uh, it was one of the first big uh, showcases for Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it was a really common thing back in the day for, like, these variety shows. And the thing that was unique about Lucille Ball and Mary Tyler Moore is even when they were doing their variety shows, they were 100% running the show while they yeah. were a star. And it was fantastic. I mean, my favorite story about Lucille Ball taking control of her shows was uh, she had a good friend who was, uh, uh, she had a really good friend who was in Vaudeville. With her, and that's who she wanted to play Fred Mertz on the on I Love Lucy, and the producers were like, "Yeah, well, he doesn't have any TV experience. We're not really comfortable with that." Blah 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 blah, and that's how the other guy got the job on I Love Lucy. And so apparently Lucille Ball said, "I'm never going to be in a position of not being control who's on my own shows anymore," and that was one of the factors that got into her really prioritizing producing and in fact and this is the fun part in every subsequent show whenever she had needed someone to be like the boss character on her show it was always that same actor who she had wanted to cast as fred in the first place so it's like the same guy played her boss in Uh three different long-running well two long-running and one short-running sitcoms afterwards but I mean, it's like only someone with uh, full control over oh, huh. their personal image in their TV show would make a show where she cast her two non-actor children as her on-screen children on the show, which actually really happened. Uh That was a uh, life with Lucy, yeah. I think. But anyway, so yeah, um this show, uh, again, we're not saying it was the first show to do this. We're saying it ushered in a new era of like... People taking the actors' thoughts about their characters very seriously, becoming normalized on network television. Which is, I'm going to say it, pretty darn great. Yeah. So, yeah. It um, was. It, it was. Alright, so. Two stellar episodes. Like, two really high points. But next week we're in a whole different... Like, we're going into a whole different world. Uh, it is the most yeah. unique... I think it's the most unique epi- uh, arc in the entire series. The one that is most different from every other arc, because again, it's about the music industry. It's the first one to not be about yes. crime. In one- I mean, it is about crime, but it's the first time that he's not been dealing with, you know, violent criminals every week. And that's huge. Yeah. And you might be saying, how's it going to be interesting if it's not about violent criminals every week? And I would say, uh, don't underestimate the writers of this show. <laughs> Never underestimate. Never the underestimate of this what these people can pull off, because they can pull off some incredible things, and they do. Starting next week. All right. Uh, so join us back here next week for uh, the first two episodes. Now, again, if you have the DVDs, if you're watching this on Prime. These aren't going to be there. I can't stress that enough. I want to make that 100% clear. You cannot watch these anywhere other than on YouTube or if you have old VHSs. Like, that's literally it. So, uh, I both have old VHSs and have access to the YouTube episodes. So, one more time, go to canelfan4587. That's all one word. canelfan4587. And... Head there and watch these episodes. So the first two are Dead Dog Lives and I'm already blanking what the second episode is. Do you know off the top of your head or should I go check? No, you'll have to check. I'll go check. Hold on, everybody. Give me one second and I will take a look. I can do. It's too late. I've already started the checking process. Uh, So yeah, the first one is called Dead Dog Lives. That I wasn't going to forget. And of course, the second episode, he said, trying to cue this up so he could say it as he finished the sentence and failing, the second episode is called And It Comes Out Here. So those are the two episodes you want to watch. Dead Dog Lives and And It Comes Out Here. Uh, Be prepared. This is some of the most interesting stuff the show's ever going to do. Uh, everything we said about how fast the plot moves on wise guy is like doubled for this arc like everything moves so quickly and it feels like you get an entire <laughs> season's worth of television in just 7 episodes uh they also it also features what might be the best single villain performance in the entire series as uh, Tim Curry shows up in episode 2 and it comes out here 214 uh, it's, he's magnificent and every minute he's on screen is just so fantastic and electric. It is the last great hurrah of young, thin Tim Curry, who we all fell in love with at the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, the and of course, Clue, <laughs> of course, Clue, uh, <laughs> Clue. I know, right? Where he's just a masterpiece performance in Clue. So it's like, this is the last gasp of that era's Tim Curry, and it's magnificent. The second era of Tim Curry, the uh, the primarily voice actor and unbelievably uh, talented voice actor, and performer generally, starts with It in 1990, so this is the last, like, young, thin, hot Tim Curry thing. And then he be- plays Pennywise, and he takes a weird detour from there. <laughs> but we still love him. We never stopped loving him for a second. All right. uh, So that's that. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter at all. We never stopped loving the man. All right. (laughs) I thought I was clear about that. Uh, But no, Tim Curry's magnificent. All right. So join us back here next week for Dead Dog Lives and It Comes Out Here. We're going to put a link to Canel Fan's uh, page, both on this episode in the description and in every episode of the Dead Dog Arc so you know where to find it. So that should be a blast. If you were listening to this on some sort of an app or podcast, be sure to rate and review it. That's how other people find the show. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We'll see you back here next week for the Dead Dog Arc on Guy. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir.
1: Have a good week.
0: Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.